Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. This week, we're talking about something I suspect every trans person has to deal with in at least some aspect of their lives, being the only trans person you know. Hi, I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the prettiest co-host on this entire show, Susan Bridges. Hello. Why did you give me a look? <laughs> People listening can't see that look. You're weird. How am I weird? It's a, it's a true fact. Mm. Okay. Our returning guest is Aoife Baker. They write sci-fi and fantasy scripts about found families tackling unjust systems how grief unites all of us and how more ladies should be serial killers. They came to L.A. as a costume designer and fell in love with the structure of screenplays, then five years ago started writing with Greg Macklin. Together they won an inevitable fellowship for disabled writers, staffed on a small kid's show, and got a lovely manager. Their most popular script is a high fantasy in a non-Eurocentric world based on tarot cards that deals with prison abolition and how hot girl assassins are. Welcome back, Aoife. Thanks for having me again. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit last time, but I wanted to ask you more about being a costume designer because fashion and costumes can be so heavily gendered so much of the time. And I was wondering what your experience with that was and projects you've worked on. Like, have you had to make costumes that would, you know, conform to gender norms or do you ever get room to wiggle and make them a bit non-conforming? It's a world I don't know anything about, but I'm really curious to know. Yes, and it's gotten a lot better over the 10 years that I've been doing it, too. So now when I start a new project and I send out my emails asking for sizes, I also get to ask everybody for like their pronouns and how they want to sort of represent themselves. And I did yeah. mention last time that I won't make actors wear something that they're not comfortable with. Right. And that also that applies to how they want their gender presentation to be and also physical comfort. I'll never make anybody wear stilettos if it's not like specifically listed in the scene, yeah. preferably as a murder weapon. And I <laughs> won't ask anybody to wear any shapewear garments. Like if you want to change your body shape for how you feel, I will not stop you. I will sort of encourage you not to because I am very pro-size inclusivity and like that's a, yeah. that's a hill I'll die on. But so I've had a number of non-binary actors over the years and I've custom made things for them so that they would be able to like hit the brief of what the scene and the character needed while still feeling exactly themselves so that they could go out, be confident and nail the scene. Yeah. I'm very proud. I did a Wild West spoof a number of years ago and and I pushed for the costumes to not be totally period accurate because the world was already doing a lot of humor and and so we did sort of a forever 21 meets the wild west vibe 
Wow. And we had some extras that came in, one who at the time was identifying as a very mask butch lesbian and was afraid of being asked to like put on a corset and a skirt. And I was like, absolutely not. We're going to make you a gunslinger. And I have met them since. So like five or six years after filming that, he has now transitioned and told me that the photos from that shoot are some of the only photos that they like didn't get rid of and like looking back on. Yeah. Because I didn't force them into something they weren't comfortable with. They looked really cute. They looked like a boy. They feel good about that now. And yeah, so I I love getting to do that. I love that getting to be a part of my job. Do you ever get people like like directors or producers, I guess, who who push back on it at all, who are like, oh, no, no, you have 100%. to put them in. Yeah. yeah. I have had to deal with a lot of really creepy dude producers who have really creepy dude opinions. Yeah. And a lot of the times I can't win the argument with logic and social consciousness so i do trick them and make them think that it's their idea okay i had a movie I like that with three lead actresses and and one of them was quite flat chested and this producer showed up at my house and i don't remember why he was at my house but he was going on a rant and planning to fire this girl because she was flat chested compared wow. to the other two and he just didn't think that the movie was going to sell if there was a flat chested actress in it Spoiler alert, of those three, she's gone on to be the most famous. So, like, she's the one who's helping them still sell that movie. Yeah. But I had to trick him and be like, oh, no, no. But it's, like, different strokes for different folks. Like, you've got three girls at three different ends of the spectrum. So, like, there are people who are into that. You can be into this. And, like, I should not have ever had to have that conversation. Right. He's disgusting, and I hope he is dead by now. But, like, (laughs) (laughs) it it was really, like, I had to weirdly saved this girl's job in a way that shouldn't have happened but yes. I'm glad that I was able to make it happen so yeah I've had a lot of pushback I've had times where like we've got a pool scene and it's described as everybody's wearing bikinis and high heels and I'm like absolutely not I will not put high heels next to a pool because it's going to get yeah. slippery and then we're going to have an injury if you want somebody That's laying for down and she's wearing heels like she can do that but otherwise no And I'll never ask if it's just like a pool scene or a beach scene or something. I'm never going to ask anybody to wear a two piece. I'm going to say whatever kind of bathing suit you're comfortable in. Yeah. And and so I do a lot of fighting when it it does tend to be like somebody wants to be a little bit more non-binary and a producer. It's usually the producers. I haven't had that much trouble with the directors, but the producer will be like, "Mm, I think that they need to be hotter and more feminine in a traditional way and i get to be like cool we've got 20 hot ladies here you're fine sit down yeah yeah i wish that were more surprising but there is still a surprising i mean okay i just said surprising it's not surprising but there is a lot of sexism in the industry i mean there's a lot of you know other issues with it as well but do you feel like on most of your projects like are you empowered to to do that pushback or is it i mean like how risky is it for you to do that it's risky. I'm I'm in a nice position because I grew up with a very intimidating father. And so I learned from a young age how to push back against somebody twice my size. And so producers and directors will try and fight me on things. And generally, there is another way around them. There are some things that I have to compromise on just for time. Sure. Reasons like if it's going to 
shoot in five minutes and this is all we have, then that's what's going to happen. But I, I am not personally afraid of standing up and saying absolutely not. I've fought directors and producers to not use fat suits because I have real problems with them. Oh, yeah. Thank I've you for doing that. fought to make sure that actors are not being put into things that they are physically uncomfortable or feel any shame in. And it is. Yeah. It's a it's a never-ending battle, and sometimes it's very frustrating. I think it helps a little bit that, like, I get a reputation quickly on set for my personality. And so they know not only am I going to fight them nicely, but, like, I'm going to fight them, but also yeah. that I probably know what their audience is going to feel about it. And so if they want to appeal to that, like, woke younger generation, that if they listen to me, that's going to make that audience happy. So I, I feel like that helps a little bit with some of them. Well, I'm glad that, that there are people like you out there doing that and, and pushing back to try to make things better, because we definitely need that, you know, representation in the entertainment industry has not been great for a long time. It, it, it's getting better, but really slowly, and there's still a long way to go. So, And really, it's all like as an extension of what we've already been talking about. Men look like this. Yeah. Women look like this. Right. Yep. Women are supposed to aspire to look like this, which is something like I gave up on because my natural body, I will never look like that. I will never even close to that. No one should have to look any way that they don't want to. And you know? yet all of society tells you you're wrong, you're bad, this yep. is what you have to do. Well, and I have medical issues. That means I'm in touch with the medical establishment more often than most. And it's just constantly like, no matter how much I weigh, it's lose weight. Oh, that's always there. Lose weight, lose weight, yeah. lose weight, lose weight. All right. That's an entirely different topic, though. Okay. So, Eva, it, it is related, but I would just say we could talk about that for two hours. So. Right. Eva, I wanted to ask you, for you, what has been the most surprising thing about, I guess, existing outside of the cis binary? Like, is there something about it has really, really surprised you? I mean, I don't know that I'm super surprised because I don't know that I had any expectations beforehand, I guess. Sure. I I love that it's so much fun. It is. It's absolutely great. Like, I think a lot of people before they figure out who they really are and start living very genuinely in that space as that person, they're very afraid that it's going to be scary and hard. Yeah. And I think once you get over that hump, it's so fun to get to be you and get to hang out with other people that see you for being you and are also like weird and gender fluid yeah. and all the things. Yeah. That it's just, it's a great time. <laughs> It is the joy that you can find. And, you know, I, I was really scared. You know, at the beginning, I remember the first couple of times really early in transition where I stepped outside of our apartment dressed as myself and not like a boy. And I was just terrified. And I don't know why or of what, but it just scared the hell out of me. But the more you do it, you know, that goes away and you start to feel so good. And it's, yeah, there's nothing else like it. It's really, really awesome. Yep. If you had one piece of advice to give people who are just starting their transition, what do you what what do you think that would be? I don't know that I have any advice that would be helpful, especially in like a blanket way, because I think everybody has such different journeys. It is that, very individualized. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to go on a completely different path than somebody else did. I guess, I mean, encouraging and saying how much fun it is and 
how nothing that you're going to lose was anything you ever wanted to keep. I think people are afraid of what they could lose and until you've sort of shoved it off, you don't realize that everything you were hanging on to that you thought you needed, that you thought had value, was all the weight that was holding you back. Yeah. And once you get, again, over that hump, it's it's so great. It is. I know for for women transitioning away from femininity, there's so much emphasis on like your value is how pretty you are. And yep. so every step you take away from femininity is decreasing your value in society's eyes and realizing yeah. that you do not want to be around anybody who's going to value you more if you're hotter by their scale. Yeah. Is great. It's wonderful. It is. And, you know, I think what you said was really important about the weight of things that you don't need because I always hated my dead name, right? And then I remember I started HRT and then when I started the process to legally change my name, I suddenly felt this like pang of sadness that that wouldn't be my name anymore. But then I was like, but why? I hate that name and it's not me. And so once it was gone and I got over that, I was like, I feel so much better. I was holding onto it for no reason. I hated that name. So I think that that's, that's really insightful. Before we dive in to this week's topic, remind people where they can find you online if they'd like to look you up after. I'm easy. I'm Vivacious Vandal on all of the social medias that you can find. I've been Vivacious Vandal for 20 years and it's not going anywhere. Okay, I've talked many times about the size of the transgender population in terms of percentages, but everyone's new to Trans Tuesdays at some point, so it's worth mentioning again because it's incredibly relevant to this discussion. Reports vary based on where you get your information, but some estimates put the transgender population, counting everyone who is not cisgender, at around 5% of the U.S. population. There's a link about this in the show notes. But based on that article, those are self-reporting trans people, and there are trans people who are not out publicly as trans for whatever reason, and they're unlikely to tell someone on a survey that they're trans and out themselves. And also, with the extreme onslaught of legislation against trans rights, even trans people who are out might not want to give their information to a survey that's collecting data on us. It's fairly self-explanatory how dangerous that could be for a population under attack. But I want to point out that even if both of those things weren't the case, even if every trans person could be out and had no justified fears about giving their information to companies or the government, it still simply could not possibly account for all the trans people in the United States. It can't. Because not every trans person knows they're trans, and until they figure it out, everyone, themselves included, might think they're cisgender. I was one of those people. Every trans person discovers their transness on their own timeline, and it depends on a wide variety of factors including whole life, friends and family, societal pressure, religious pressure, economic pressure, and a whole lot more. So keep in mind that whatever the true number is, the percentage of the population that we make up is unquestionably larger than any reported numbers. In fact, until we get to a freely open and accepting society where it doesn't take unending courage and bravery for every trans person to come out, we're never going to know, are we? But what we can take away is that even with our percentage of the population being larger than reported, we're still a pretty small part of it. So Aoife, you've been part of the queer community for a long time, and do you have any thoughts on this? Does it seem to you like we're actually much more than 5% of the population? Absolutely. I think we're still a small percentage overall, but I think yeah. it's a lot like left-handedness. Yeah. That when it wasn't accepted, comparison. we had 
you know, tiny, tiny numbers. And then as soon as letting kids be left-handed in school was a thing, there was this huge jump in numbers. And right. and a lot of people were looking at that trend and being like, what is making all of these kids suddenly become left-handed? And I was like, yeah. no, no, they they were. We They just were people being forced to write right-handed and having terrible penmanship their whole lives. Yeah. And then, you know, you that left-handed thing is the best example because then it also, you see that sharp increase. If you look up like the, the graph of it and then it levels off. Because yep. they're just a, you know, they're a set number of people are just going to be born that way. Well, I've talked many times about how we're such a small part of the population that we can't affect political change on our own, which is why we need our cis allies to stand up for us loudly and publicly and to realize that with every vote they cast, our rights are on the line. So see the Trans Tuesday on trans politics for more on that, because since one major political party has made stripping trans rights a major part of their platform, even though it universally loses them elections, this is going to hold true in every election. You can, of course, find that at TillysTransTuesdays.com, though I will be revising it and bringing it to the podcast this coming fall. My point is that, being such a small part of the population, for a lot of us, we end up being the only trans person someone knows, often the only trans person many people know. We're, quote-unquote, the trans friend, and that can lead to a whole host of weirdness. I've had old friends from high school that I've talked to once since graduation, or not at all, they just come out of the woodwork to say, oh, hey, I saw you were trans and X person just came out as trans in my life. And what should I do to support them? I've had people who've literally never interacted with a trans person in their entire life walk on eggshells around me like I'm some kind of delicate political problem just waiting to explode on them for saying something wrong. Every time there's a trans person in the news or a story about horrible trans legislation or a transphobic op-ed or a trans-related Kickstarter or a show with a trans person in one episode, I get DMs and emails about it. I'm, well, I'm very white, so I don't know if people from other marginalized communities have to deal with this. And I want to be clear that I'm not mad at the people who do this, and I'm often actually touched that they thought of me. But getting, look at this horrible transphobic article, or is this as, as transphobic as I think it is all the time from lots of people can be very unpleasant. I do want to know about trans Kickstarters, and if a show has a trans character, but you also don't need to ping me every single time something related to trans people pops up, you know? So I wanted to ask if that's happened to you, Aoife, and do you get folks telling you about every gender-related thing that they see? Oh, 100%. Anytime <laughs> an actor it like comes out as non-binary, yep. like I'm getting sent it constantly. The Spagliato cocktail situation, I was getting so many messages to just be, look, the non-binary person talks. And I was just like, okay, okay. <laughs> it's it's sweet. I definitely, I have been guilty of this with my friend. I think you guys know Yelena, who is a horse girl. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'll see a good horse video. And I'm like, oh, am I going to be the 50th <laughs> person who sent it to her? And I have to like weigh the pros and cons. Is this too good a video to not send? Sure. But yeah, it's, I think everybody falls into that trap a little bit. Yeah. I've had people I don't even know reach out to me as the only trans person they know online and ask me all kinds of personal questions in an effort to better understand trans people in general or a trans person in their life. And that isn't something any trans person should, should have to deal with. It's hard enough just trying to exist and survive in this world thanks to so many bigots in our government and in our fellow citizens. We just want to be left alone to live our lives. But again, I'm not mad that any of those people asked me those things. In fact, I actually feel an obligation to answer and help as best I can. 
It's the very reason I started Trans Tuesdays in the first place. See the very first episode of this show for more on that. But for lack of a better term, I feel obligated to provide any knowledge that I can because I'm so privileged in so many ways that so many trans people, especially trans women, are not. And I do this for other trans people and for the cis people in their lives and for cis people who have no trans people in their lives but who want to learn and understand and hopefully help. And thus, Trans Tuesdays and a podcast and a Matrix Trans Allegory book, don't forget, begin transmission available everywhere now in hardcover, paperback, digital, and audiobook. Woo! Anyway, for me, it feels like if I did not provide that assistance, was not that sounding board or source of transgender information, I'd be doing a disservice to the trans people in those cis people's lives. And I'd rather these folks came to me than bother the trans people in their lives with these questions, because honestly, you have no idea how often it happens. It's all the time. It never stops. And also, like, you're on the internet. You could you could try to look up some things all by yourself instead of just expecting someone to educate you personally one-on-one. Yeah. Which normally costs money in the real world. Yep. So I just feel like people just don't consider that. I've seen people, like, fire out the weirdest questions. So yeah. Like, you could literally Google that. Yeah. It's just so weird. Well, that's... You know, another reason that I do the Trans Tuesdays is so that if someone asks me something like that that I've already covered, I can just point them to the essays and not have to repeat myself 10,000 times. And, you know, again, I'm happy to do it. If you're someone who's asked me stuff like this in the past, please don't feel bad about it. I'm glad you did, and I hope I helped. But I also can't deny that no trans person should have to do this. It gets to the point where it feels like I'm justifying our existence to cis people over and over again even though nobody has yet actually asked me to justify that. And also that goes for anyone of any different exactly. races. They're, it's not their job to educate you. Right. That's your job. Yeah. It's a lot of labor. It's emotional labor and it's educational yes. labor. Yeah. And it is it is tiring. And I think if, if you are a cis person and you just have this one question and you just have this one person to ask, you think, okay, it's five minutes, this is fine. And you don't realize that, like, there's another several hundred people in line behind you that are going to ask yep. either the exact same question or several questions along the same lines. And there's just not enough hours in the day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've never actually been, you know, forced to justify my existence as a trans person other than to the cis gatekeepers of my trans related healthcare. See the Trans Tuesday on trans kids and the intake exam which will also be getting a podcast episode not too far down the line. And I'm not sure if this is something that's occurred to a lot of cis folks. Remember, if a trans person in your life is the only trans person you know, they are likely also the only trans person a lot of people in their life know. So realize that your burning questions and curiosity can add to a chorus that make us feel a little like a carnival sideshow. We're people, we're not curiosities to be gawked at. But... It's okay. Nay, it is good, in fact, that you want to understand us and know more about us. Just please, please realize not every trans person is, wants to be, or can be your one-stop transgender info shop, or shop be with an E on the end if you're in the UK. I don't discriminate. I'm more privileged than a lot of trans people, and I try to use that every day to make things better for my less privileged trans siblings. These essays, answering your emails and DMs and questions, providing resources are all part of that. But as Susan said before, please also realize that you are on the internet and there is a wealth of info out there. And yes, some of it is conflicting and some of it is wrong and harmful. 
But that's true of any information you're going to try to find out here in our smoldering digital wasteland, right? I'm not going to do a thread on critical thinking and how to verify the sources you're getting your info from. That's your job as part of being an intelligent, well-informed citizen. But I will say if a news source has zero trans reporters on staff, you maybe shouldn't trust them on trans issues. Just remember that you have a wealth of information at your fingertips and to please use that before you go to the only trans person you know and pepper them with questions they've probably gotten 10,000 times before. You have this very podcast and all of my Trans Tuesday essays are archived at TillysTransTuesdays.com. There's over a hundred of them and they are all free. And there are many other resources out there provided by other trans people where you can learn so much. Please understand the effect that can have on someone. These aren't even questions about our hobbies or career, but queries about the very identity of who we are. Please, please, please see us and treat us as human beings first and foremost. Thanks for being here, Aoife. Thanks for having me. Folks, please use the resources available to you on the internet. Read and share and link to these episodes. Contact me before you contact the only trans person you know because I've decided to put myself in this position due to my privilege, and they likely did not. I chose to do this. And above all, as in all things, please lead with compassion, the same compassion you'd want shown to you. You deserve to be treated with kindness, and so do we. Tilly Bridges and Transmission Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Jillian Morgan. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at Tilly'sTransTuesdays.com. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at DaisyAndJane.Bandcamp.com and SoundCloud.com slash DaisyAndJane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Blue Sky, Twitter, Spoutable, and Hive, on Mastodon at Tilly Bridges at Mastodon.social, at Facebook.com slash Tilly S. Bridges, and on Insta and Threads at Heck Yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on most of those at Susan L. Bridges. You can find Jillian at Audio Jillian on Blue Sky. You can join the Tillyverse Discord server by following the link at the very bottom of Tilly'sTransTuesdays.com. We hold regular watch parties for the Matrix films and other trans movies where I do a live Q&A and it's blossomed into a wonderfully supportive, compassionate, kind community of friends. We'd love to have you join us. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>